forget about where I came from, but remember what God has in store for me in the future. Paul was focused on one thing and he wasn't gonna let his past distract him from it. He was focused on Jesus following the perfect savior. Go to verse 14. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. This prize that Paul is referring to is the call that God has given each and every single one of us. We said at the very beginning of tonight, we're created with a plan. We're created with a purpose. Welcome to the PC Youth Podcast. We are continuing our series in Philippians, looking at Philippians 3, 12 through 14. To run the race that God has called you to, you must be solely focused on Him. Grab your Bibles and something to write with. Let's hear this week's message from Pastor Spencer. Say, I'm ready for God's Word. Four people are ready for God's Word. That's really good. Do you know that you are created with a purpose? Time to focus up. I know you guys are hyped because of the shaved ice. This is a rabbit trail really quick. Did you realize that on the Kona ice truck it said gourmet? Gourmet shaved ice. That was pretty gourmet, I would say. But you guys are hyped up because of it. So focus in. Did you know that you are created with a purpose? Every single one of you. You are created with a purpose. The same God that created everything... The same God that created the heavens and the earth, the universe that we live live in, the same God that created everything, he created you with a specific plan for you to fulfill. And the plan that he created for you to fulfill, he knew that only you could fulfill it. Did you know that? When God knit you in your mother's womb, he knit you knowing that there was a plan for your life that you were going to carry out, and he knew that only you could fulfill that plan. All of us have a God-sent plan, a mission to complete. How cool is that? I was thinking about that this week as I was getting ready for this message. How cool is it that every single one of us has a plan that God has created uniquely for us? None of us are going to do the exact same things. God has called each and every single one of us to something unique and special. Just as no one has the same fingerprint, I guess you could say it's a good analogy. None of us have the same exact fingerprint on earth. None of us have the same exact calling and plan for our lives. It's unique, and God was intentional with every single one. How cool is it? Let's set the record straight, though, before we dive into this. Not one of us is going to be perfect in fulfilling that plan. We're not going to be perfect in the execution. We're not going to be perfect in the way we complete that plan for our lives. We're human. We're broken people. We're going to fail if we haven't already. A lot of us have failed. If you, have you, if you failed in the room, will you raise your hand? I've failed a lot in my life. We're all going to fail. So God has a perfect plan for our lives, but we're not going to be perfect in completing it. We're going to fail. We're going to stumble. We're going to break along the way. But how good is it knowing that we serve a God who has gifted every single one of us uniquely and intentionally to be effective in completing that plan? Not perfect, but effective. If we set our path straight onto what God would have for us, we will be effective in fulfilling the call that he has given us. So tonight we're going to continue in our collection of messages that we've gone through the past few weeks, understanding and studying Paul's letter to the Philippian people in Philippi. Last week, Kira brought us a fire word reminding us that our walk with Jesus is not founded on religious laws, rules, and traditions. Our walk with Jesus is based in deep relationship with him. 
What a good reminder that was for us last week. So we're going to continue on in Philippians. Tonight, right now, through the words of Paul, we're going to look at his example, Paul's example, in completing the race that God has put him on. Because we are all pursuing, we are all part of a race, a journey that God has set us on to pursue a prize that he's given us. And we're going to learn about it more tonight. Dear Jesus, thank you for this awesome opportunity again to be in your presence. God, we believe you're already in this room ready to work in our hearts. And God, we invite you to move. God, I don't know what every student walked in here with. I don't know what struggle, what suffering, what circumstance they're facing currently. But the good thing is you know. You know every single thing, every single struggle that is represented here. And God, we're believing right now that chains are going to be loosed, they're going to be set free, that there's going to be breakthrough in students' lives because of the power of your word and the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of us. God, we invite you to move in this service, throughout this message, throughout small groups. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Open up with me to your Bible to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 12 tonight. Paul has just gone gone through addressing the people in, in Philippi. They were, there was a group of people that were insisting, as Kira said last week, they were insisting that the religious law of the day, that circumcision, all of these things were fulfilled in order to be right with God. He reminded us, Paul, in this passage, reminded us that, that those people were actually missing the point. It's not about the, the rules following. It's about the relationship we have with Jesus. How many times have you heard that? It's not, it's not a ruly religion, it's a relationship. Not religion, relationship. It's not about the rules, it's not about the tradition, it's about having an authentic, deep relationship with Jesus. Paul even admits in this passage, himself at one point thought all of these traditions, all of these things were actually really valuable. But the more that he understood Jesus and knew who he was and had deep relationship with him, he actually says they were meaningless and worthless, he says that everything is worthless when compared to knowing Jesus. Anything that this world could offer us, anything that we could walk through, any, any actual temptation or anything that would, would seem good on earth is actually worthless compared to knowing Jesus, Paul reminds us. So tonight in this passage, starting in verse 12, Paul's going to say this. And if you're going to read with me, get ready, take notes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. It's going to be a meal. Paul says this, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. I want to read that again. Paul says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Jesus first possessed me. If you've been here for any amount of time, some of you, this is your first time. A lot of you have been here for a long time. If you've been here for any amount of time, you've, you've probably picked up on the fact that we read a lot of the teaching from Paul in the New Testament. A lot of his letters, a lot of, a lot of the books that he wrote, we study through, we, we, we read through, and we, and we preach here. And it would be easy for us, because Paul writes with such a spiritual maturity and authority and a boldness, it would be really easy for us to think that he's conquered spirituality, that he has it all figured out, that he's done nothing wrong. It would be easy for us to think that, especially if you've read the teachings of Paul quite a bit. But Paul reminds us right off the bat that that is not the case. Just like us, just like you and me, Paul is nowhere near perfection because he's human. We say it every week, the only human that was actually God the only human to walk this earth was Jesus, fully God, fully man. He was the only perfect one to walk this earth. So Paul sets the record straight. He says, I may have done all these great things. God has moved in my life, but I am not perfect. I'm striving for the perfection of Jesus. 
Paul realizes his imperfection in this verse. He, he confesses it to the Philippian people and not to us. He realizes he's imperfect and concludes that there is only one option. There's one option for him, and that is to press on and to seek the perfection that Jesus offers. There was no turning back to where he had come from. For those of you that know the story of Paul, you would, you would know that he would probably not want to walk, turn back to where he came from, going back to persecuting Christians, to killing Christians. There was no turning back. His only option was pursuing Jesus, the perfect Savior. Paul pressed on for God's will in his life, not his own will. Read verse 13 with me. It says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Do you sense the humility in Paul's words? As we read it, like we've said, Paul's very spiritually mature. He has a lot of authority in the way he communicates, but there's a lot of humility to what he's saying. He's lowering himself to the the level of us. The same Paul that wrote 13 books of the New Testament, that same Paul that could have come, come at this conversation from a very, very arrogant angle, he lowered himself, said, I'm not perfect, but I'm trying to remember this one thing. Forget the past and focus on what lies ahead. Forget the past and look forward to what God has ahead in my life. Jesus died so that you and I, so that our sinful past could be forgotten and forgiven. Jesus came to this earth, lived perfect, and then died so that our sinful past, every single one of us, he came and died so that our sinful past could be forgotten about and forgiven. Now, live seeking what God has in store for your life. Forget about what you struggled with. Forget about, forget about the, the, the things that have, that have conquered you and, and held you captive. You're forgiven from them. Maybe don't forget, but be reminded about at times where you've come from. But don't let them hold you captive anymore. Because Jesus came to forgive you from that struggle, from that sin, from that temptation. Now live seeking what God has in store for you next. Live seeking what God has in store for us next. Live with the joy of the Lord as your strength. Focus on what, on what he would have for you in the future. That's what Paul's saying. Forget about what, what, what took place in the past. Paul's saying, I know that I've persecuted Christians. I know that I was the worst of sinners, he said many times in the New Testament. Forget about where I came from, but, but remember what God has in store, in store for me in the future. Paul was focused on one thing, and he wasn't going to let his past distract him from it. He was focused on Jesus following the perfect Savior. Go to verse 14. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. This prize that Paul is referring to is the call that God has given each and every single one of us. We said at the very beginning of tonight, we're created with a plan. We're created with a purpose. And and God has given us that call. He's given us that plan. He's given us life on this earth. That is a prize. It is a prize to be able to walk this earth and partner with God, the creator of everything, to do his work. That is a prize. That is valuable. That is not something we deserve. We deserve death. We deserve destruction. But God sent his son Jesus so that we could live and to partner with him later. What a privilege that is. That is a prize. That's the prize that Paul is talking about in this passage. The prize is to partner with God, to do his kingdom work. The prize is to be able to live and to run the race that he's talking about. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. All of these things are the prize. The prize is heaven. The prize is eternity with with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. 
We deserve death, but, but be, through Jesus, we're offered life. We're offered eternity. That is a prize. And so Paul is telling us all throughout this passage, I know where I've been. I know what I've done. But I know who Jesus is, and I know who he says I am, and I choose to follow him in his perfection. I'm excited for what God's word is speaking to us tonight. You are running a race that is, you are running a race to see that call fulfilled. Paul is running a race to see the call of his life fulfilled. I am running a race, a journey to see the call of my life fulfilled. You are running a race to see the call of your life, the purpose of your life fulfilled here on earth. That is a privilege. How many of you know tonight that to run a race, you must be focused on what's ahead of you, not behind you? To run a race that you must be focused on what's ahead, not behind you. Don't let the things that are behind you, the side of you, the things in the past, don't let them distract you from your heavenly prize. To run a race effectively, you have to be focused on what's ahead. And I need two volunteers. Run up here. I don't even going to call them out. Two people. Someone raise your hand. Come up here. We're going to demonstrate this more clear. Two volu- Maybe a boy and a girl. Elsie and a boy. Come on. I can't see. I'm blind. I'm literally blind. Is that Colin? Colin, okay, Colin and Elsie, this is what we're going to do. To run a race, like I just said, you have to be focused on what's ahead of you. If you want to achieve the prize that's at the end of the race, you must be focused on what's ahead of you. So right here I have two Red Bulls. Red Bull is not that good. I mean, Red Bull is good, but like to make a big deal about it. Two Red Bulls, okay. This is the prize. You two are going to run a race right now, all right? And we're going to put you in character, so Colin, your real name is Colin. Elsie, your real name is Elsie. But Colin, for the sake of this experiment, let's just say your name's Chad, all right? Chad? Okay. Elsie, for the sake of this experiment, let's say your name is Brenda. That's a, if there's any Brendas in the room, I don't know how I thought of that. Chad and Brenda, all right? Okay, so Pastor Tom used this, this illustration last week. I'm going to copy it because I can. But the Iron Man was this weekend. How many of you volunteered at the Iron Man, actually? A few of you did. Okay, the Ironman race is a triathlon. It's a triathlon, and it's really long. I would never do it. I would hope you would never do it unless you're really passionate about running. But people will pay money, I guess, to do this thing. Chad, what's up? How are you? Chad's going to be competing in the Salem Ironman this weekend. Brenda is also going to be competing in the Salem Ironman this weekend. And the prize at the end of it is their family, whoever's watching them, is going to give them a Red Bull to give them more energy at the end. That sound good? Chad, you like Red Bull? Brenda, you like Red Bull? Okay. Chad, you're so distracted the whole race, all right? So, like, you're going to follow me. This way, like, we're going to race, and you're going to follow me and chase the prize, but you're going to be so distracted looking to the side of you. Actually, I want you to run backwards because you're looking at what's behind of you. You care about the people behind you. You're not focused on what's in front of you, okay? Brenda, you're focused. You want the Red Bull. You want to finish because it's the longest race you've ever done but you're focused only on what's ahead. You don't care about the people heckling you in the stands. You don't care about the people behind you. You want the Red Bull, all right? Okay, get in character. Take some time. Start the starting line. No, not yet. I didn't say go yet. Start right here on the line. Right there. Let's get over a little bit, Chad. Brenda, right there. No, you're facing me, Brenda. You're focused, remember? You're facing me. Chad's distracted. Chad doesn't know what's going on. Chad signed up because somebody signed him up as a joke, and now he doesn't know what's happening. Okay, Red Bull, follow me. Come get the Red Bull. You can't look at me, Chad. Brenda, you're really, really focused. <laughs> Turn around, Chad. You don't know what's going on. You can't. Yeah, okay. See, look, Brenda is pretty dialed. She knows where she's going. She's, she knows what the prize is. Chad is all over the place. He's in last. Someone's helping him. 
Who's helping Chad? Brenda is winning. Brenda's winning the Ironman. The finish line's right here. She gets first. Good job. You get both Red Bulls because you don't want them? Give them to a friend. Chad, actually, here, have a Red Bull, too. Do you guys understand the point? Give the Red Bull away. Figure it out. I'm actually winded from that experiment. Give it up for our volunteers. Chad and Brenda actually calling an Elsie. If I can't even carry two Red Bulls across a gymnasium, I'm never doing an Ironman. I will say that. Let me get some water. Wow. Okay. Brenda, and I'm going to use your real name now, Elsie. Elsie was focused on what was ahead. She was focused on the prize, which is a Red Bull. And how many of us know that our heavenly prize, our heavenly call is much greater than a Red Bull? But Elsie, I almost said Brenda again. Elsie was focused on the prize. She ran an Ironman 70.3 miles or whatever it is. Just now she did it and got a Red Bull at the end. And she finished way faster than Chad Colin did. Colin, you were distracted. You were looking around. You almost fell a few times. You stumbled. You almost broke because you were so tired. Do you understand where I'm going? If our prize is not a Red Bull, even though Red Bulls are halfway decent, if our prize is not a Red Bull, if our prize is actually the call that God has given us, eternity in heaven, the ability to walk and to live partnering with God, if that is our prize and we are running a race to pursue it, why would we look any other direction than right at Jesus? If our prize is eternity in heaven, why would we, in pursuing that prize, look any other direction than right at Jesus and right at what God has for us. I've spent a lot of my life, I'm sure a lot of you have spent a lot of your life looking at what you've done in the past, looking at what you've come from, looking at all these things, being distracted by what the world has to offer. But I'm here to tell you tonight that if you do not focus on what God has for you and point your direction to him, and instead you allow the things of this world in the past to distract you, your path towards your prize will not be as effective as it could have been. Colin, you'll agree with me. If you're not focused on where you're going, it'll not be effective and you might get last. To run the race that God has called you and I to, we must be fully focused on him. To run the race that God has called us to, we must be fully focused on him. Paul has said, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. There's a lot of things in this world that are vying for our attention there's a lot, of this things that would like to, a lot of these things in this world that would like to take us out. Sin, temptation, our past, the future, all of these things that are vying for our attention, they're, they're here to distract us, to steal, to kill, and destroy. The enemy is not here to make your life easy. He's here to come and to attack and to bring death. The enemy will do nothing, in, will do anything, actually, not nothing. The enemy will do anything in his power to distract you from the race that God has called you to. So if God has called you, to partner with him to win your friends to, to Jesus, why would you look at anything else other than right at him? If God, if God has called you to the medical field to be a doctor, and you know that's going to be your ministry field someday, why would you care about all the things you failed in the past? Why would you care about the people that are coming at you, distracting you, tearing you down? If you want to fulfill the call that God has given you, if you want to experience eternity and live in heaven forever with God, and be a doctor here on this earth to win people to Jesus, why would you not look at anything but him? 
Fill in, you all know your purpose. Maybe you don't know what you're called to as a, as a job, as a, as a ministry, whatever it is, but you know why you live on this earth right now. You know the, the people that you have access to. You know the influence that you possess. You know what God is asking you to do right now. So if, if you know that, if you know the purpose and you know the eternal prize, why would we let the silly things of this world distract us from what God wants to do in our lives? It would be so easy for Paul to get torn down. I'm sure there were so many people around him that came at him while he was in prison writing books in the New Testament saying, Paul, you're the same guy that, that killed Christians. Who are you to write books of the Bible? Paul, why are you writing these people in, in Philippi? You have no credibility. You used to kill Christians. You used to persecute them. It would have been, I'm sure Paul had to face that temptation of giving in to what people were saying about him, but he said to us very clearly, I do not care about what has happened in the past. I'm looking forward to what is ahead. I'm looking forward to what God has for me. I'm looking forward to what God has called me to. That is the desire of my heart tonight, to align with the, the thinking of Paul. The world is not short of distractions. It doesn't take long to look in any direction and get distracted. Colin got really distracted just by running around some chairs. It doesn't take long. Colin, I love you. Elsie, good job. Thank you for doing that. Yes. I have no doubts tonight that a lot of you probably walk in here confused. New person tonight, third week, fifth year, I don't know how long you've been here. But there's probably a lot of you, and I would not be surprised if all of you walk into youth tonight confused. You don't know where you're headed. You don't know what to focus on. There could be a lot of guilt from things that you've experienced or done in the past. Maybe you've lost sight of the prize. Maybe you've lost sight of the call that God has given you. Maybe you've gotten distracted from where God wants you to go. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure, if not 100%, a lot of you are in that boat tonight. I was at one point. It's easy to lose sight of what God would want for us. Jesus would say to you tonight, if that's you, he would say, follow me. I will lead you to where you want to go. He will lead you, I will lead you to where you are called. Don't listen to the things of this world. I didn't come so that you could be distracted by sin and temptation. I came so that you could have life and life to the full. That's what he would say. And Jesus is not here tonight. The Holy Spirit is. And maybe he's speaking that same thing to you tonight. Thank God that we serve a, a God who's living, not dead. Thank God that we get to serve a Savior that is alive and living inside of us, not one that's dormant. He's living inside of you so that you can follow him and follow his direction so that I can follow his direction. This is a word for somebody tonight. Jesus has forgiven you for the, mistakes you've made, for the mistakes you've made in the past. Maybe you've never heard that before, but that thing you've held on to for your entire life, Jesus has forgiven you of it. Jesus has forgiven you of the sin that you've committed, and I don't have to list them. You know what it is. Maybe for all of us, it's something completely different, but Jesus has forgiven us of those sins of those mistakes, of those things that we've walked through. He doesn't want you to dwell on them anymore because we're robbing ourselves of where we're actually headed. Jesus doesn't want you to dwell on your sin anymore. He came and forgave it. He doesn't want you to dwell on it anymore because it'll rob you of where you are headed. It's time to forgive yourself. This is a word. It's time to forgive yourself just as Jesus has and start following him. Paul had made it very clear there was no other option for him. I'm sure he tried lots of things to find fulfillment. And he came to the realization that he was imperfect and he needed to follow a perfect Savior. That's the only option. 
And maybe you're here tonight and you've, you've tried all the things in the book. You've, you've struggled. You've, you've tried this out. You've tried that out. You've talked to that person. You've gone to that counselor. And you still are struggling. You still haven't let go of that hurt, that pain that's deep inside your heart. Paul would say, you're forgiven because of the, the Savior that has came. There's no other option. You've tried everything else. It's Jesus. It's time for us to all come to terms with the fact that we're imperfect and our only option is a perfect Savior. Worship team, will you join me up here tonight? I know that God's word is, is oftentimes, I think, I mean, I don't think, I know. God's word is convicting. And sometimes God's word is, is hard to hear. Sometimes God's word makes us uncomfortable. But I really do believe in a, in, a, in a moment like this where God's word, I think, has spoken clearly to all of us. It spoke clearly to me when I was reading this and preparing. I think in a moment like this, the enemy would love to come and to distract. He would love to come and to rob of what God is about to do in this place. The enemy would love to come and to, and to, to distract us from what's going to take place in a week and a half at camp. In moments like this where we're, where we're feeling maybe convicted, where we're maybe feeling stirred, where we maybe feel the Holy Spirit working inside of us, the enemy would love to come and to say, no, 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 that's just your head. That's just your feelings. God's not going to do anything with you. You're still by yourself. I'm here, I'm here to tell you tonight, I promise you, you're not alone. Satan would come to steal, to kill, and destroy, and to say, you live by yourself. No one's here for you. He would love to say that to you right now. And I promise you in this moment, God is with you, God is for you, and he wants to work in your heart. So don't let your friend, don't let your neighbor, don't let the person next to you distract you from what's gonna take place. Don't let the pressure of whatever you're facing distract you from this moment because we're all called to a race. We're all called to a journey. We're all called to fulfill a prize. We're all called to chase it, and we're all called to do it focused on him. Don't let the enemy take your focus away right now. We've seen what happens when we race after Jesus. This is what's encouraging to me tonight. I hope it is to you. We've see, we see what happens when we, when we chase after Jesus. We clearly see the results of a life focused on what, would he, on what he would have for us. We've seen that a lot. A lot of you have grown up in the church. You've grown up in a Christian family. You've grown up around this idea of faith and you've seen what persistent, disciplined following of Jesus, Jesus results in. Paul is a clear example of it tonight. Paul was doomed. Paul says in the New Testament, I, was the, I am the worst of sinners. Imagine, like I've already said it a few times tonight, but imagine killing Christians. Imagine your job, all you want to do is kill Christians. That was, at the time, Saul. And when, and when Saul was on the road to Damascus and, and God met him there, his, his focus changed. His focus changed, on from, of, of, changed from things of the past and changed and focused on things of the future. And he knew that his future was following Jesus and following the things that, was, that he had for, them, for him. Paul's a perfect example Paul went on to be one of the world's greatest missionaries, planted churches all across the world. Philippi, this book that we're reading out of over the past few weeks, Philippi was the first church ever in Europe, and Paul planted it. Paul went on to be one of the greatest messengers of the gospel because he had his, his mind focused 
on the things in front of him. He had his mind focused, his heart focused, his soul focused on Jesus. He didn't care about what people said about him. He didn't care about what happened in his past. He's a perfect example of of what takes place when we focus on Jesus. And what is so awesome to me tonight, what is so awesome to me tonight is that I'm standing here looking at a room full, a room full of students that are focused on Jesus. You would not be here tonight if you were not one focused on Jesus or two a little bit interested. And what is so amazing to me is that there's a room about of 150 students that are here because they're focused on Jesus and they want more of him. You've recognized that you're not perfect. I've recognized that I'm not perfect, but we're seeking perfection from a perfect savior. We're seeking the perfection that Jesus brings. You're running the race that God has called you to and you're experiencing joy and freedom. How many of you would say that? I'm following Jesus and because of it, I experience joy in my life. I've experienced freedom in my life. How unreal is it that in Salem, Oregon, one of the hurting, the most hurting cities in probably the world, so close to Portland, like let's just be real. One of the hurtingest cities in our state, there's a room full of students that are focused on Jesus. They're focused on what he would have for their life. He's focused on the call, you're focused on the call that he has. That's what makes this place so special. Maybe you're here tonight and this is your first time and you had shaved ice and you and you had a good time. And now the Lord and the, and the Lord's speaking to you. And maybe you're surrounded by people that are joyful and they feel free and they've experienced breakthrough and you're curious, why, why is this taking place here? It's because Jesus resides in their hearts. It's because Jesus resides in the students of this youth group's heart and they're focused on him. We are focused on him. PC Youth is a place where a lot, a lot of a lot, imperfect people meet. A lot of imperfect people meet here every single week, but we acknowledge that. I think that's the first step. We have to acknowledge that we're imperfect and we agree to pursue Jesus as a team, focusing on what's ahead and not what's, not what's behind. I want us tonight to feel the weight of what God has called us to. I'm commending you tonight. I'm so thankful for you. For a group of students that would spend $250 to go to a camp to have their life altered for a week. That's not a sacrifice that every high schooler and middle schooler is willing to make. And this is a rabbit trail, but maybe you're here tonight and you're not set on going to camp. You don't want to make that financial sacrifice. You don't want to make that time sacrifice of being away for a week. I promise you that at camp, God will meet you. He will realign your focus. You will meet him in a new way and your life will be changed. God met me at camp when I was in this youth group. God met me at conferences when I was in this youth group. I was not destined for the things of him. I was not focused on the things of him. I was focused on my own desire and my own will for my life. But the moment God got my attention and focused myself on the things of him, things changed. How many of you can say that about your life? God met you at camp. So a lot of you God met at one conference this year. A lot of you God met at camp last year. And I'm believing that a lot of you are going to meet God in a new way at camp this year. So that's a rabbit trail. Let me get back on, get focused. But I'm thankful for the way that you sacrifice and the way that you pursue Jesus. 
I want us together to feel the weight of what God has called us to. Feel the weight of what God has called you to individually and feel the weight of what God has called this youth group to or as a whole. I believe strongly in my soul that, that God is going to use this youth group to change Salem. I think God is going to use this church to change Salem, but I believe specifically God is going to use this youth group, these students, you, to change this generation in Salem. Thank you for being committed to it. Thank you for saying yes to it. Thank you for being focused on it. The only way that's going to happen is if we focus on Jesus, focus on the prize, because we get to partner with God to see Salem changed. What a privilege that is. That is not our right. That is a gift. And we're in this race together. Will you stand with me tonight? I believe tonight that there's, and please, like I said, the enemy would love to come right now and to destroy and to kill and to steal of you, steal you of your joy. The Lord is here tonight. The God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is here tonight, and he is here to meet with you. So do, so do not let temptation of the enemy get in the way of that. I believe tonight that there's students here. They've heard about Jesus. They've heard about his love. They've heard about how he's altered people's lives. And I believe there's students here tonight that would say, Spencer, I'm, I'm not focused on good things. I'm focused on bad things. I don't know where I'm headed. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what to focus on. I've tried everything. I've heard about Jesus before. Maybe these aren't your exact thoughts, but I'm, I'm feeling that this is maybe a thought in the room. I don't, I've heard about Jesus before. I don't know what he is. I don't know who he, what he did. But it's clear tonight that in his word, he's changed lives. And it's clear tonight that he's changed lives in this youth group. And I want to be a part of that. Please do not be distracted tonight. This is, I believe, a very, very powerful moment that's about to happen. You would say, I, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've never really heard about that before. I don't know what that means. But I see that it's fruitful and I see that it's real. And I want, and I want to know who Jesus is and I want to invite him into my life. You don't have to have all the answers yet. I didn't. I've been in this exact place before. A lot of people in this room have been in this exact place before. And they didn't say yes to Jesus knowing everything about him right away. But the moment they said yes, they started to have real relationship with him and learn more about him and to deepen their love for him and learn more about who he is. And if that's you tonight with every head bowed, every eye closed, this is a family moment. I want you to look up, look up at me and raise your hand so I can pray with you. You want to say yes to relationship with Jesus. Maybe it's just one person. Nobody's going to make fun of you. We're all going to pray this prayer together. But I feel like I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't give you the opportunity to say yes to him. Maybe it's just one person. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. This is what we're going to do. We're going to bow our, bow our heads and close our eyes right now. I want everyone to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, and if this is you making your decision for the first time, really mean it in your heart. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming and dying on a cross for me. I deserve, I deserve death, but I now know you give life. I'm saying yes to focusing on you. I'm not going to be distracted anymore. Thank you for loving me. 
say yes to following you for the rest of my days. Amen. I think there's another group of students here tonight, and I think it's a lot of us. I would be the first one up here. I think there's a lot of us in this room tonight that have a relationship with Jesus. We know who he is. We know what he's done. We know how he loves. We, we follow him. We're disciplined to follow him, but you're distracted. You would say, Spencer, I'm distracted from what God has called me to. You would say, Spencer, there's so much going on in my life that you would be blown away if I told you. There's things that, that I don't deserve that are happening to me. There's things that have taken place in my past that were out of my control. There's sins that I committed that were horrible. God would say to you tonight, no, sin is too big. No, stain is too large for me to cover. And I believe he wants to do a miracle work in our hearts tonight. The enemy wants us to be distracted from the mission. He wants us to run a race full of dysfunction. The NASCAR, whatever it's called, NASCAR, right? We're driving a circle. You go left for the whole time. That is a race that is focused. It maybe not, might not look like it because it actually looks boring. You just drive left for like 500 laps. But there is massive amounts of focus that have to take place in that race. And if any focus is lost, you've seen videos where the cars pile up, people get hurt, they're running into walls. That is the race the enemy would love to see. He would love to see a bunch of people driving NASCAR stock cars, running into walls, running into each other, dysfunctional, hurting one another, getting stuck in their, in their own lane, not focused on anyone else. The enemy would love for that to happen, to see a pileup of cars, a pileup of students hurting and broken and distracted because they were not focused. But God would say, I am here so that you can follow me. I sent my son Jesus so you can follow him because he has a better plan. He has a better way. And I don't know what your distraction is, here, is tonight, but you've lost focus. We don't have to get into the details, but you want to set your sights on Jesus. You want to set your sights on him, not look at the side anymore. You don't want to look at the, the sin that's been in your past. Stay caught up with everything happening with PC Youth. Check us out on Instagram at People's Church Youth or go to peopleschurch.com.